Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, I just got back from a few days. I had a home visit in California. People, I went down to see uh, John and Terry Stregge and Wayne and Sandy Guyman. And when I got there, it was interesting that a lot of the restaurants have on their menus or a sign on the door that here we're accustomed to, when you go to a restaurant, they'll bring you a glass of water. There, they'll bring you one if you ask for it. And just to see the signs all over about water conservation and even the way how they decorate their yards. Water is important, even for the body, you know. As I asked, you know, how long can you go without water? Well, not too long. Uh, water is very important for the heart. So today we're going to look at the woman at the well here. Now Jesus is moving from the southern part of, of Israel, from Judea, up to the northern part, Galilee, but right in the middle of that is, an, is Samaria, uh, the Samaritans. And it's interesting because the Jews here despised the Samaritans. They were hated. In fact, the Jews would rather walk miles and miles around Samaria to get where they were going. That's just some of the some of the hatred they have. And a lot of the Jews their thinking is, is that these Samaritans are half-breeds. Half-breeds meaning that, well, they're half-Jewish, but the other half of them have some, um, some pagan in them. And so they're not really a, a fully uh, Jewish person. And they're also, their worship is different. You know, they have maybe some Jewish part of worship, but also there's that pagan influence in them. And so they were hated. But yet Jesus was there for a very specific purpose. He says to the woman, can I have a drink? Imagine her for a moment thinking to Jesus, imagine, what are you doing here? You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan and you're talking to me. This is just not the thing that you do in public. And you're talking to a woman she really must be confused. But yet, as I said at the beginning or the introduction to the gospel lesson, 
Jesus does not care about societal protocols, culture, procedures. He doesn't. And it may shock you at times that Jesus offends people. You know, we're, we're growing up in this culture where we can't offend anyone. You know, we're afraid to say something because it's going to offend someone. I think by now Jesus would have been canceled. Because a lot of times his words cut to the heart. And so now Jesus engages her in conversation. And you know what's interesting? Through this whole discourse, Jesus asked for a drink, but we never hear Jesus receiving that drink. Interesting. So he engages her in a discussion. He, he kind of gets to her interests and talks about this living water. This living water that, that springs to life. This, this living water that, that sustains us in our journey. That, that gives us something more than what we are really asking for. And I can imagine this woman's thinking, boy, this guy is nuts. But yet she continues to talk with him. I think that she knows that she really needs this living water. And I think that's why she's still there engaging with Jesus. She knows that there is something missing in her life. She's looking for something, some meaning, some direction. She hasn't found it yet. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, the, the topic has changed. Uh, Jesus says, You need more than just water. You need water that is essentially is going to endure to the end. So now go. Go and tell your husband and return and I'll give you water. Uh-oh. She's thinking, hmm, I'm not married. Ah, Jesus says, yeah, you're right. You've had five men already. You've been married five times, and now you're on your sixth. Ouch. Think of that for a moment. Jesus is calling her out, but yet in a way that is non-offensive. A way that is not shaming her a way that is not trying to air her dirty laundry 
but in a way that I think that shows some compassion, that shows some love. So what's he really saying? I think what Jesus is saying is, woman, I know that you need love, that you need acceptance, that you need value, that you need worth. And so far, every well that you have tried to get that from has failed you. You've tried to get that from the, the previous five men, and that has failed you. So what you are doing obviously is not working. So how about let's try something different? You know, I don't know if you know, do you find yourself at times that way? You do something and you do something and you're hoping that, well, maybe just this one time it will work. And after Jesus confronts her about her marriage, her lifestyle, notice the woman does not offer excuses. She doesn't debate Jesus. Her response is, okay, yeah, he knows. But I think she is thinking, this man is different. Perhaps this man can really give me what I need in life. And then she asks, there's another break in the story about where to worship, what worship is, and It comes on to this. We can get distracted by a lot of the small things in life. But yet Jesus looks right into our heart and he sees what's important. It's more than just a glass of water that she's looking for. What is she really asking? She's asking for someone to love her, to have compassion on her, to give her worth, to give her value, to give her something that the world has not given to her yet. But notice she's coming to the new, coming to this well at noon, at noon, the sixth hour. And that's, in and of itself, that's interesting because if you had to get water 
to go back and to use it to do your dishes, to feed your animals, to make your meal. Would you be there at 12 o'clock noon to get your water? No, you'd be there probably earlier in the day. So she shows up at this well at noon, probably hoping that she was gonna be the only one there so that no one would have to confront her. No one would have to interact with her. But yet, Jesus shows up. Perhaps she's so ridden, full of guilt and shame that she doesn't want to face anyone. But yet, she knows she needs water. What about us? We need to get our life straight. We need love. We need compassion. We've let God down at times. When do we go to him? Do we go to him? What do I have to do to make things right before God? Jesus knows. You see, it's not about what she asked about worship, where you worship, which mountain. It's about what's in your heart. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your soul, with all of your might. Jesus looks at this woman and he truly sees someone who has worth and value and dignity because it comes not from her but from him. She goes on and then she says, yes, I know, I'm, essentially, I know who you are. I've heard the Old Testament prophecies. I know, yes, you're the, the Messiah. But Jesus says to her, I am. God's personal name here, I am the one that you are speaking to. I am he. Jesus here doesn't say, go and do these things and then come back and your life will be fixed. No, Jesus says, I am he. I am the Messiah. I am that water that when you drink of it, you will live and have eternal life. You see, this day her soul 
finally found what she was looking for. Just, I mean, just think for a moment, being a Samaritan woman, being hated by the Jewish people just because of your ethnicity. And here's this man, Jesus, the Messiah, who's standing right in front of you and has offered you something that's gonna radically change your life. What you're looking for is right here. And it's all offered to her by the grace of God. What's on the altar on the upper to the, or to the far right. Communion, boy, man. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not there. You know, several months ago, people asked me, why, have I, why did I stop covering it? We, have you ever thought, ever, did someone, they, they, blah, 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 blah. have you thought that yourself? You used to cover it? Here's my thinking. Let's say Mr. Darso has me over for dinner. Is Bev gonna cover all of the food? So when I walk in the house, I'm not gonna see it? No. I stopped putting the cover on for one reason, is that when people come into God's house, they get to see the very meal that they're gonna partake of. It's not hidden. We're not gonna hide it under a cloth. That is a meal that transforms people's lives. And it's given to us by his grace. Just like what Jesus is offering this Samaritan woman is going to change her life. And her life will now be a life of value, of worth, and of dignity. You know, this story really has a lot of meaning and application for us today. And I think the greatest, or probably the best application point is this, is that where do we find our value and our worth? Do we find it in our pocketbooks, our bank accounts, our retirement statements, in the car that we drive, the house that we live in, the friends that we have, the toys that we collect, Or do we find it in something that's outside of us? Jesus.
You see, this woman was looking for a drink. Jesus says, I can give to you living water. And she received it that day. Not because she earned it, but let me tell you, boy, having five men and now you're on your sixth, that's not a way to earn something from God. But yet God looked into her heart and he sees a broken person. He sees a sinner who is in need of help and healing. That's us. That's what he looks and he looks into us and he sees us as someone who needs forgiveness. Life's assurances from God's promises. That's kind of the overall arching theme of this sermon series. What's the assurance? That God is always going to give me value, dignity, respect, worth, trust, value. Why? Because he loves us. And these gifts flow from a creator who loves us. And so, as you commune today, remember those precious gifts. Those gifts that lead us to eternal life with him. To God be the glory forever and ever.